we're breaking ground for the new year. That's so, right. so everyone, Holy Culture Radio, Sirius XM channel 154. I know there's been a few CHH outlets that have done online radio, Art Soul Radio, uh, GH3, Engine was doing sort of that hybrid in a studio, but also online. But uh, you guys, I believe, are the first to actually have a satellite radio station. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. Can you can you talk about how that came to be? Because that's that's a big move. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Sirius XM has a program where they try to open up the airways for diverse programming. Like once they when they when they merge with uh, had the merger XM and Sirius back when I can't remember when that was. One of the things that Congress said to them was, you know, you guys really have a monopoly in the satellite space. And oh, by the way, you know, is your program truly diverse? And one of the things SiriusXM said was, well, maybe it's not. And so one of the things we need to do is hold aside these channels that we're going to open up for diverse programming every now and then. We applied for the first time back in 2011. Our application didn't make it. Um, it's so funny because when I did the new proposal in 2021, I decided not to look at the old proposal and did a fresh one all over again, man, it's like a 70-page, 80-page business plan. And uh, we put it in. And this time they said, you know what? This is really interesting. Let's, let's talk about it. Nice. And, and there, was no, there was no sort of uh, pushback or anything based on the content. It was just like, hey, this is exactly what we're trying to do. And you guys, you guys are cool with it? No, no I'm not going to say there was pushback, but I'm not going to also say like it was, a, it was a speed pass either, right? I think it was more... It was inquisitive. I started with a lot of data around, you know, from the Gospel Music Association and others that you've got 50 million plus people that listen to gospel music every month. And then I attached it to our organizational goal at the Quilling Solution, which is to empower people to reach their potential. And then you layer in things, man, such as what's happening to education for folks, right? Whether you look at black and brown, whether you look holistically, you know, we're 30th among countries in the world in terms of education. And then if you narrow in inside the United States on uh, certain populations, underserved populations, man, math, reading, and science scores are plummeting. And so when you look at the social economic impact of all that stuff and what radio has the chance to do through music and the right conversations is give people a sense of healing, hope, and how to, right? And so that was the whole premise. Okay, yeah. No, that's, that's amazing because you know what you're gonna get on most radio stations, so tuning in, you know, people might have their misconceptions. Oh, it's just going to be Christian music. But you guys are also trying to inform and empower your listeners, too, which I think makes yeah. that applicable to everyone. Exactly. So, and so you guys have an assortment of shows. Shout out to my, my guy, B+. Plus. Yes. You know, he's got a show. Track Stars is there. Wado is Wado's there. Wado's there. The old school show, gospel show. You got The Fix on there. I rock Jesus. And now, yep, so many. And now you got the Reach Records show. Right. So, and you kind of talk about the, the curation of the programming for the network. Like, what are you looking for? You know, how do you put the schedule out? All that. Yeah. So I, I started with a list of shows that I thought would be diverse and um, some good old leadership stuff that I learned from a mentor back in the day. Work with people you know, like, and trust. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I always laugh at Wado. Wado was one of the first dudes. I mean, Wado goes back to the Holy Culture Radio days of when it was just online, uh, podcasts and things like that, more than 10-plus years. So I've known him for a long time. And same thing with most of the people who were on the station. Baradox, the Christ Revolution Mix show, I Rock Jesus was already on Holy Culture Online. Same thing with DJ Severe. 
and then the rest of the folks were people I knew or maybe had worked with in some capacity, like Jay Williams and his show, um, the, the Fix. We met a couple years ago, but I, I really like what I saw and heard. Uh, day, Raina Day's on at 10 a.m. every day. Raina has been around for a minute on GH3. Shout out to GH3 and what they're doing on Dash. And then uh, 2 p.m. in our afternoons daily is King Size. We've known King Size for well over 10 years. And then Wado has a night. And then we have all the shows on the weekend. So that was really the approach. I would say um, we locked that down. When we, when we launched in April, we launched with 14 shows. I was doing a show then, too, uh, killing myself, and I had to pull back. But um, then, you know, as we started looking at additional things, it's really filling in gaps that we don't have, right? So we've got everything from mixed shows to deep shows like Church on the Block with Pastor Phil, which is really trying to demonstrate what does the church look like on the block to the King Movement by Chris Broussard's organization, King, on Sunday evenings, which is doing in-depth to me conversations about how do you help young black men uh, think about church and, and deal with different topics. And so um, when I'm thinking about new shows, it's really what's it going to add? How, how can we add something without being duplicative? What gap is it going to fill in our program? And do you have, like, are there things running out through the entire night too? Like, do things just get syndicated or is there kind of just space where different things could just go here and there? There's space for different things. So right now we have four daily shows. The Reach show is on Tuesday evenings, right? So you got four daily shows every day, Monday through Friday, then Reach on the evenings. And then on the weekend, we have 10 other shows, right? And so not necessarily looking for shows right now because when we survey our listeners, they like the blend of having open mix time of, of music mixes and whatnot in addition to the shows. And right now it's working together. It seems like a real good balance. We survey listeners. We did it twice last year. We'll probably do it every quarter this year to uh, see what people are liking and, and you know, not liking. Now, is it is it a combination of like live stuff and pre-recorded stuff, or is it more than one or the other? It's more it's more voice tracked, but like for example, you know, Wado, I don't think he minds me saying this. I mean, Wado is voice tracking his show that morning or early afternoon for that evening. Uh, Raina Day is is almost live because she's doing her. She's on California time, but her show airs at ten Eastern, so she's up early right before her show goes live. And so everyone's a little different. Yeah. yeah. All right. Dope. So I think one of the most interesting things you told me, and it was kind of like a real selling point for the story, and artists, pay attention, this is important, um, the ability for artists to get like a really good payout for having their music placed on satellite radio. Um, can you talk about the, the play rates, the cash outs, why it's important for artists to submit music played on these holy culture shows? Definitely, definitely. So last year we played about 700 artists. Uh, from April to the end of the year, a little over 75,000 spins, right? Um, and so the, one, one of the things I would start with is for artists, think about it this way. For you to make your first $100, you would probably today think about your streams, and that's about 42,000 Spotify streams. That, for us, is three spins, literally, three spins. Because again, say it again, say three, it again. Three spins versus 42,000 Spotify streams. And I never say it's a it's a or, it's an and, right? It's just making sure... But in talking to some artists, one of the things was, look, most of them had given up on radio a long time ago because we never got there. So some people didn't do some of the registrations. Like and on, for us, it comes across the sound exchange. So after the second quarter ended, I got calls from some artists who literally said, like, man, I, I may have been packing up and no longer doing this, but now I got this check. I didn't, I didn't even, first, I wasn't going to open a check. Pastor Charles A.R. said, I'm a witness. <laughs> I wasn't going to open a check. But I saw this sound exchange check. I opened it. I looked down the line, Sirius XM, and it's over 
thousand dollars, right? And, and that makes sense. If you're on if you're on rotation, uh, we're playing your song fifteen to twenty times a week. I mean, twenty times forty dollars in a week. I mean, so you could just do the math for yourself. It's eight hundred dollars, right? So for some artists who are um, you know, different parts of their career. This is truly meaningful, man. That we and, and we're trying to. The reason we play seven hundred artists is we're trying to help everyone in the community. My whole thing for this, um, Justin, was it, it's kingdom building. You know, what I mean, in this community, how can we make this platform available for as many folks as possible? Yeah. Um, now, what about on the the radio host side? Do they get do they get some sort of like stream revenue too for doing a show? Like, how does that work? You mean that the hosts and stuff to do a show? Right. Yes. No, no. They, they. I mean, it's, that's like typical traditional radio, right? They're paid in different ways. A couple of them have salaries. Some of them will get paid based off sponsorship revenue as we have ads come in. I mean, sponsorships um, are what we need to be driving to, to, to get our expenses and, and cash flow in check. So, yeah, so everyone's in a different place. So, And then when the music gets played on certain shows, it's not like TV where a certain time slot is going to get you more no. money it's it's all oh. kind of the same around the board it's right? all the same and that's why yeah whether we playing you at prime time you know in the daytime in the morning six to ten or waito's show from six to eight or whether it's the midnight hours it's still about 40 dollars a spin regardless i think I, I think i told you uh in boston it's like i think i'm about to like dust off <laughs> got try to get a new mix and, and get that sent over no, no. that's crazy no. that that's easy that's easy cash guys Guys and girls. Um, okay. So in terms of radio, I feel like you, you sort of mentioned this too, that maybe people have, have given up on radio. They might look down on it. They feel like it's a dying medium. Right. So you feel like it's hard to compete in this sea of attention grabbing media. And while you're, while you're doing this on the radio, you know, how do you measure, how do you measure growth aside from like, okay, we had this many listeners today. Yeah. I think, you know, I think, it's one, it's not dying, right? So more than, you know, if you look at the stats, more than 85% of people listen to radio once a week. It's still a discovery thing. It's still a thing of, um, for lack of better terms, companionship. Some people love their favorite host and want to ride with them, right? You can think about how Wheel does his worldwide top 10 countdown, by the way, the longest countdown of CHH every night. Um, we can think about how Rain of Day talks about, Rain of Day, I always say Rain and knows every holiday known to man that I never knew existed, right? And every day she's, she's telling you it's National Shrimp Day or it's whatever. Some people love those different personalities and hanging out with them. So that, that's the second thing. So it's discovery, hanging out with a personality. The third thing is I think over the last several years, radio like any other, I think, media has had to become omni-channel and try to meet your people where they like to be served, right? So one of the things we do thoughtfully is look at not only our listenership, which is 5 million plus when we do our surveys, 5 million plus listeners, that, by the way, converged onto the channel. I think this is an important part of the story. When we launched the channel, I told SiriusXM, I thought we would grow, but I thought it would be a longer tail of growth because my assumption was we get a lot of people from the Kirk Franklin channel. Man, people came in from the Kirk Franklin channel, the Joel Osteen channel, the Faith on the Family channel, um, the Catholic channel, right? And you can watch their numbers of where we, when we asked them where they came from. And actually, Kirk Franklin's channel was the lowest one out of all of them, or second lowest. And so we've still got a long way to go. But, but back to the point of being omni-channel, we also have to think about what that means in terms of some of the shows spinning out the podcast, as well as their video content as well. And so we're looking at all those things, and there's a roadmap. But we also have to uh, pace ourselves, right? We're a small team, man. It's like 
me, <laughs> my operations manager, and uh, Avis, who does our podcast on social stuff. It's, it's only three of us, bro, and then all the hosts and DJs. I know what that's like. Yeah, I know you do. Oh, only three. Like, like when I texted you last night and said I'm hangry, right, by accident. It's like, it's been a long day. Yeah, did, did you did you figure that out? You good now? I did. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm doing lunch after this. <laughs> yeah, everyone, he was very hangry last night. I found out about it. I wasn't supposed to, but I did. But it, it, it was fine. Um, man, so I feel like, oh, well, let me let me go back to a point. So um, talking about radio as this dying medium, I feel like people always say these things, like even, oh, who watches, you know, regular network TV anymore? Yeah. You have cable, you have Netflix. Apparently, there's still plenty of people that do because they're still around. Right. Just because you may think it's a dying platform or maybe it's not as popular right now, there's still an audience that it's going to serve to. Absolutely. Almost think about it like a local newspaper from a small town. The city's not going to cover your small town, but that newspaper is always going to be needed because that yep. local. Um, so different platforms can still serve people. Absolutely. Just how we're CHH platforms. Right. They're needed because there's CHH. Um, so on that topic, it's like Rapzilla, uh, Holy Culture, Track Stars. We've all kind of been existing in the same space for the last 20 years. We each do something a little different. Um, but your shift was kind of more full-blown, you know, towards this radio platform. Yeah. What, why was this next? Like, why did you feel that this was next for Holy Culture to kind of, like, thrive and, and, and keep yeah, I, I guess there's a part of me that for a long time has felt like, and I think Deuce, Deuce, the, uh, the ambassador from the Cross Movement said this years ago, man, it's like radio is the artery into the community, and it can be, right? And in my mind, it's almost like if you turned off all the electricity in the United States, but only turned on then electricity for churches, we would light up the country and there would be a dope, like, pops of all these lights. Radio can, can be one of those things that helps create you know what I mean? Connection between all those lights. And so I've always seen it that way, and I've, I've not let it go. So, so that was part one. I think part two was it was one of the most explosive things we could do that turns it on for everyone nationwide, right? I've all, we've always seen pockets in places. Like I'd be in Indiana and, you know, or the Bible Belt, and you have like a pop here and there of a show or two or even a, a channel kind of or a station kind of dedicated to it. But we've never had it nationally. And so I wanted something that could amplify – Christian hip hop's awareness on a national scale, and that would um, also, man, be something that I could turn into uh, a surviving organization that outlives me. One of the things I've always said is, look, I'm going to be the CEO for a certain period of time. We, you know, roles are for seasons, not for lifetimes. And so, how do we create a sustainable organization? That's, you know, by having that kind of volume on the channel, we can get sponsorships and advertisers that help us, you know, help sustain it. Yeah, it's funny you said sustainability. That word is in my next question. And I'm talking about specifically uh, within the CHH space. Do you feel like traditional media can survive realistically without without trying to figure out what that next level is? In no, our space? no. I think I, I don't think any of us can afford to be kind of a one trick or one discipline pony. I think we all have to we have to look at where the customers are, right? I think uh, I forget who used to say it, but it's not where the puck is, but where the puck's going. And so, how do we do that? I think one of the one of the things we have to be careful with doing on that, though, is overgeneralizing where we think people are and where they're going. So sometimes we use big phrases like millennials only want this and Gen X only want that. And I think that 
that sometimes can be overgeneralizing versus thinking about more psychographics in terms of people who like this and how do we take care of it. It's just like social media. I think a lot of times you'll find, if you can ask a person, where do you spend your time on social media? A lot of times it's a channel or two. It's not every one of them, right? And so how do we think about that? And I think that's the same way when it comes to traditional media. Yeah, and that's a good example too, because yesterday I, I posted a, on an Instagram reel that showed a side-by-side -side of a sample from one of RG kids, mm. his Lecrae, from an older Lecrae song. And he sampled off of it. And, you know, the people probably around our age or older, a little younger, they're probably like, oh, duh, right. I heard that. But then there was a whole bunch of comments that were like, wow, I didn't know that. Or, oh, that's so cool. Right. And then you have people like, oh, look, Gen Z is discovering, uh, you know. <laughs> it's like maybe when that song came out, they were like eight years right. old. Or they never heard that song before. Maybe they're in, or even someone our age. It's like maybe their introduction to CHH put up RG and they never listened to Lecrae. Yep. There's always going to be something that needs to serve somebody. There's always something that that could help somebody out. Yes. Just because you might know it all does not mean that someone else. So true. So um, as someone who's at the, the forefront of a platform, media, technology, do you feel that there are any areas within our space that are kind of untapped that we should be taking advantage of as a community? Uh, man, that's a tough question. I mean, outside of this one, like I, I'm still not done with this one. So I'm so focused on this. Um, but I do feel like, uh, I, I, here's what I would say. I'm always investigating, right? Trying to think through the next thing. And so, you know, I'm an introvert. And so it's so funny. I was reading an article about introverts and it says they, they, they spend deep time thinking on things. So yeah, that, that one's right. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about community and what's gonna create more community success. It's great to have pops here and there of people, but how do you, like, how does the whole tide rise? And so I'm thinking about that. And so back to that point of radio being the arteries through the community, it then makes me think about, okay, if we're connecting those lighthouses I talked about, how do you have something use those lighthouses in the most efficient and effective way, right? So could that be a way we construct events differently, both physically and online? Could that be, um, other visual things that we put together, right? To to like Ruslan's killing it, and a couple other people are killing it. But how do you how do you lift the tide? And so that's where my head's at. Is is how do we get on the forefront of of some things like that in an innovative way? Right. No, absolutely. So, do you feel like there is anything else that Holy Culture is doing that people should be tapped into in terms of the radio? Besides, besides the stuff that we talked about. No, I think, I think that's it. I mean, go to holyculture.net uh, forward slash radio submissions to get your music in. Like, we, we take it in. Um, you'll also see artist pages. So we try to have artist pages there because when people come, they want to know who you are as an artist. And so check that out. Just click on artists at the top, and you'll see there's a whole – there's probably 200-plus artist pages, right, from Andy Minio down to uh, somebody in the Z. And if you don't have an artist page, you should, because if, if people come there to listen to radio, people have an option, right? They click on the radio page, they can listen to SiriusXM, they can get a 90-day trial. But some people say, you know what, uh, I've either let the trial expire, I don't have it, I'm going to use the Holy Culture app. So we still have a lot of people who do that. And then when I watch the data, I'm sure like you guys do, where people visit, a lot of times they'll pop over to the artist 
direct you and go, oh, okay, I didn't, you know, I've listened to this song, but I didn't know who AI the Anomaly was. And so we have a profile and your links and all that good stuff and all the posts that we've had on your site and uh, et cetera. What about for people that want to intern, maybe they're interested in learning about radio and, and different things like that. Do you have something in, in place for that? All day, all, all day. Listen, if you go to <laughs> Holy, yeah. listen, you yeah. know it, man. I need interns like what? Uh, if you go to holycoach.net forward slash volunteers, you'll see it there. Or if you just want to email me, radio at holycoach.net, I will get back to you within 48 hours. We are we are looking for interns for a couple things. One, just what you said, right? Learning radio. Uh, think about assistant producers who want to help the shows. I mean, shows that are on daily, they have a lot of work to do. They have a lot to still do in terms of trying to capture visuals and edit that stuff and get it out. Um, we need people who want to help with uh, website content. We'll never be like Rapzilla in terms of that level of content, but there are things we want to do. Uh, and then we need people who want to help with events locally and whatnot. You know, we're going to start hosting some things here. By the way, the studio is open. We're in Wilmington, Delaware. So if you're ever coming through the Philadelphia tri-state area, email us at radio at holycoaches.net. We'll get you in, you know, share your story with the people. Right. And, and after you, you do your radio internship at the morning, hit me up. I'll give you some articles to write overnight. Bam. And all, we could all help each other. <laughs> all right. Man. But that's it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Thanks, brother. Everybody tune in to Holy Culture Radio. Drop a plug one more time. Let everyone know where they, they can listen yep. and get informed. Yeah, Holy Culture Radio is on Sirius XM Channel 154. If you need a free subscription or anything like that, just go to holycultureradio.com. That'll take you to the radio page. You can see all your options right there. All right, my man. Keep Good killing to see it. You. Thank you. See you, brother. Thank you.